My child must not waste any energy fighting against fate. That way, she will be stronger. Hamid came to look at Nazneen. A girl, said Rupan. I know, never mind, said Hamid. What can you do? And he went away again. Mumtaz came in with a tin plate of rice, dal and chicken curry. She doesn't feed, Rupan told her. Probably it is her fate to starve to death. Mumtaz rolled her eyes. She'll feed in the morning. Now you eat, or you are destined to die of hunger too. But Nazneen did not feed in the morning, nor the next day. Rupan, who was famous for crying, couldn't keep up with the demand for tears. On the fifth day, Nazneen clamped her mouth around the nipples so that a thousand red-hot needles ran through Rupan's breast and made her cry out for pain and for the relief of a good and patient woman. As Nazneen grew, she heard many times the story of how you were left to your fate. Not once did Nazneen question the logic of the story of how you were left to your fate. Indeed, she was grateful for her mother's quiet courage, her tearful stoicism that was almost daily in evidence. Hamid said, he always looked away as he spoke, your mother is naturally a saint. So when Rupan advised her to be still in her heart and mind, to accept the grace of God, to treat life with the same indifference with which it would treat her. Nazneen listened closely. She was a comically solemn child. How is my precious? Still glad you came back to life, said Mumtaz when she had not seen her for a couple of days. I have no complaints or regrets to tell you, said Nazneen. I tell everything to God. What could not be changed must be born. And since nothing could be changed, everything had to be born. This principle ruled her life. It was mantra, fettle and challenge. Her sister Hasina listened to no one. At the age of sixteen, she eloped to Khulna with the nephew of the sawmill owner. Soon after, when her father asked if she would like to see a photograph of the man she would marry the following month, Nazneen shook her head. Abba, it is good that you have chosen my husband. I hope I can be a good wife, like Amma. But as she turned to go, she noticed, without meaning to, where her father had put the photograph. She carried the image around in her mind as she walked beneath the banyans with her cousins. The man she would marry was old, at least forty years old. He had a face like a frog. She looked across the fields, glittering green and gold in the brief evening light. In the distance, a hawk circled and fell like a stone. There was a bus in the middle of the paddy. It looked wrong, embarrassed, sliding down at one side, trying to hide. The tornado that had flattened half the neighboring village had selected this bus to be saved, but had relocated it. In the village, they were still burying their dead and looking for bodies. Tower Hamlets, London, 1985 Nazneen waved at the tattoo lady. The tattoo lady was always there when Nazneen looked out across the dead grass and the broken paving stones to the block opposite. Most of the flats that closed three sides of a square had net curtains, but the tattoo lady had no curtains at all. 
Morning and afternoon she sat with her big thighs spilling over the sides of her chair, tipping forward to drop ash in a bowl, tipping back to slug from her can. It was the middle of the day. Nazneen had finished the housework. Soon she would start preparing the evening meal. But for a while she would let the time pass. A red and gold sari hung out of a top floor flat in rosemead block. A baby's bib and miniature dungarees lower down. The sign screwed to the brickwork was in stiff English capitals and the curlicues beneath were Bengali. No dumping, no parking, no ball games. Six months now since she'd been sent away to London. Every morning before she opened her eyes she thought, If I were the wishing type, I know what I would wish. And then she opened her eyes and saw Chanu's puffy face on the pillow next to her. His lips parted indignantly even as he slept. Was it cheating to think, I know what I would wish? Was it not the same as making the wish? If she knew what the wish would be, then somewhere in her heart she had already made it. The tattoo lady waved back at Nazneen. At least two-thirds of the flesh on show was covered in ink. The tattoos made the tattoo lady more ugly than was necessary. But the tattoo lady clearly did not care. Every time Nazneen saw her, she wore the same look of boredom and detachment. Such a state was sought by the sadhus who walked in rags through the Muslim villages, indifferent to the kindness of strangers, the unkind son. Nazneen thought sometimes of going downstairs, crossing the yard and climbing the rosemead stairwell to the fourth floor. Perhaps they would sit together by the window and let time pass more easily. But she would not go. What would be the point? Nazneen could say two things in English. Sorry and thank you. She could spend another day alone. It was only another day. She should be getting on with the evening meal. The lamb curry was prepared. She had made it last night. There was still the dal to make and the vegetable dishes, the spices to grind, the rice to wash. What if it went wrong? The rice might stick. She might oversalt the dal. It was only dinner. One dinner. One guest. Standing on the sofa to reach, she picked up the Holy Quran from the high shelf that Chanu, under duress, had specially built. She made her intention as fervently as possible, seeking refuge from Satan with fists clenched and fingernails digging into her palms. Then she selected a page at random and began to read. To God belongs all that the heavens and the earth contain. We exhort you, as we have exhorted those to whom the book was given before you, to fear God. If you deny him, know that to God belongs all that the heavens and earth contain. God is self-sufficient and worthy of praise. The words calmed her and she was pleased. Even Dr. Azad was nothing as to God. She closed the book and looked around the room to check it was tidy enough. Chanu's books and papers were stacked beneath the table. The sofa and chairs were the color of dried cow dung, which was a practical color. They had little sheets of plastic on the headrests to protect them from Chanu's hair oil. There was a lot of furniture. A low table with a glass center and orange plastic legs. Three little wooden tables that stacked together. The big table they used for the evening meal. A bookcase, 
a corner cupboard, a rack for newspapers, a trolley filled with files and folders, the sofa and armchairs, two footstools, six dining chairs, and a showcase. Nobody in Gauripur had anything like it. Her father was the second wealthiest man in the village, and he never had anything like it. He had made a good marriage for her. There were plates on the wall attached by hooks and wires. Some were rimmed in gold paint. Chanu's certificates were framed and mixed with the plates. She had everything here. All these beautiful things. And Nazneen fell asleep on the sofa. When she woke, it was almost four o'clock. She rushed to the kitchen and began chopping onions. What was Hasina doing? This thought came to her all the time. What is she doing right now? It worried her that Hasina kicked against fate. But then, if you thought about it more deeply, how could you be sure that Hasina was not simply following her fate? If fate cannot be changed, no matter how you struggle against it, then perhaps Hasina was fated to run away with Malik. Oh, you think it would be simple, having made the decision long, long ago, to be at the beck and call of fate. But how to know which way it is calling you? And there was each and every day to be got through. If Chanu came home this evening and found the spices not even ground, she could put her hands like so and say, Don't ask me why nothing is prepared. It was not I who decided it. It was fate. Her wife could reasonably be beaten for a lesser offence. Chanu had not beaten her yet. In fact, he was kind and gentle. Even so, it was foolish to assume he would never beat her. She had got up one night to fetch a glass of water. She had gone to bed.